Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we resume our study of Paul's epistle to the Ephesians. Our text for this week is found in chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he delivers today's slice of this week's message entitled, This is War, Part 2. Now, I took up wrestling in college. That's about 10 years too late. I can, I, I can read this and I can understand the idea of being thrown down with a large angry person lying on top of you making sure that you got impressed into the gym floor. Um, that's the idea. That's what Satan wants to do with you. He wants to not have you stand firm. He wants a takedown. And he wants to pin you down. Now he can't take you away from Christ. Oh, but he hates you. Uh, And notice this is a battle that's not against flesh and blood. He's saying this is not against physical enemies. This is a spiritual battle. The physical imagery is the, uh, all the metaphors that tell you what's going on. So can you see what Paul is doing here? As you go about in this world, who is the God of this world? The God of this system? The God of this age? It's, it's, it's Satan. As you go about in this world, you will find various things that may tempt you um, to, to compromise somehow with the world. And one of his most basic strategies. It might seem like it's not that big of a deal to you, but if he can just get you to think primarily in terms of yourself, that you are the most important, that the most important thing in the world is for you to be happy, for you to have personal peace and affluence, as as, um, uh, Schaefer used to say, Francis Schaefer back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, If you will think only in terms of how can I be happy the rest of today, Satan has you right where he wants you because he will use any number of things to get your eyes off of your identity in Jesus Christ. So Paul is showing us the big picture. Someone might come along into your life, show you some special attention, stroke your ego a little bit, maybe offer you some physical pleasure. And if you're focused only on that tempting thing and how good that sounds, and you think only of now, you're going to be easy prey for an enemy. You need to see the bigger picture. Well, what lies will I end up telling if I do this? What about the emotional wreckage to my family? How will I tell my children to resist if I wouldn't? And what about your holy God? 
who sees in secret and knows not only what you do, not only what you say, but also your thoughts and your intentions. So when you see a situation from that perspective, you understand much more why to stand firm. That's what Paul's trying to do for you in this passage. Each individual situation might not seem all that important to you, but you know, if you're not going to make one colossal bad decision this Wednesday, what if we could just get you to make six little kind of bad ones along the way? Then you'll be set up for the bigger fall. Now, the implication is clear. Satan has an organized army. What's in this verse is a bunch of military terms. Now, if I said to you, there is an enemy and he has a huge uh, number of forces at his, um, at his command. He has, uh, he has privates and private first classes and sergeants and lieutenants and, and, and uh, captains and colonels and majors and generals. You'd know exactly what I meant, right? That's what you have here. We don't know exactly the meaning of these terms in relationship to each other, but we know that these terms are used for angels, holy angels and fallen angels who are the ones that rebelled with Satan. So apparently when God created the angels, He created them in an organized, if you will, um, tiered structure of an authority system. The, the, it's, it's systematic, it's organized, orders come from the top, they get fulfilled down the, down the road. And in different skirmishes, skirmishes in different places in different times, the strategy may be adapted, but the strategy is still always the same. Take down Christians. Oppose the church, the body of Christ. Demean Jesus Christ. Pervert the gospel. Keep people from hearing the truth, how to be saved and and transform. That's always the big strategy. Now we don't know the we don't know the difference in these terms, but we do know that there are ranks. There's rulers, that literally means first ones or prominent ones. I don't know, maybe they're colonels or one-star generals. I don't know what they are. Then there's authorities. That's another rank of, uh, of demons. And some of the translations say powers instead of authorities because it refers to one who has the authority or the power to act on something. Uh, and by the way, as I said, these same terms are used for holy angels. And if you go over and compare Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, you'll find two more categories translated thrones and dominions. And those imply realms in which one rules or the seat from which the rule is enforced. So don't make a big difference about this like, oh, you know, I got through Tuesday okay. It was just, a, you know, it was just one of the um, authorities that came after me. But then one of the rulers came after me on Thursday afternoon. Uh, we don't know anything like that. And, and if you hear somebody speculating about that, run the other way. Burn their books. Get rid of it. Don't let that stuff influence you. He's, gotten, he's given you everything you need to know in His Word. These are, I love this description, world forces of this darkness. What is this darkness? Well, if you're in Christ, Colossians chapter 1, you've been what? Transferred from the domain of darkness to the kingdom of His dear Son. 
You've been rescued from the world. You've been saved from your sin. And so they are world forces of this darkness. They are spiritual forces of wickedness. And would you look where they operate? Spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. The Greek is literally the heavenlies. Remember where we've seen that word? Right at the beginning of Ephesians. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Well, in that same realm, the heavenly places, not, not physically on earth. Um, a, a demon doesn't come at you with a switchblade in the dark. Not a physical attack. In the realm of spiritual things, this battle takes place. And the point of this is to teach you you're in a battle. Don't be complacent. It is a battle for which God has provided us with all the resources that we need, and He's here giving us a good intelligence uh, report on the enemy. He comes with schemes or methods, and we can glean from the Scriptures and from the experiences of 2,000 years of generations of God's people in Christ before us, we know what a lot of these schemes are. Now, I'm going to um, open the box and let out a little bit of a pet peeve in a little bit here. But I want you to understand that uh, there is a giant conspiracy against you. And it's a conspiracy that has to do with truth and error, lies and falsehood and undermining the truth. And then I want you to see some of how it would appear that these these methodical plots and schemes of the devil are working out these days. Here's Here's a list of some of the schemes or methods of Satan. He loves to mix error with enough truth to make it appear plausible. That's exactly what he did with Eve in Genesis chapter 3, and he's been at it ever since. One one of the massive ways to do it now is to say, well, science tells us that all of this stuff has come to be as it is by evolution. The Bible says God created. So we're going to mash those two together, and we're going to come up with, with scientific uh, evolution, or uh, with, um, with a, a creation-evolution hybrid sort of a description of everything, which is a total denial of exactly what God says. So, very closely related to that, Satan loves to quote but misuse Scripture. The devil didn't mind doing it to Jesus. He quoted Psalm 91 to Jesus when he was on the the pinnacle of the temple. Throw yourself down. He'll bear you up with angels' wings. He just made sure that he twisted it. He made sure he did not uh, apply it in a sense based upon the meaning of what the Holy Spirit intended for the people who read that initially to understand it uh, to mean. Don't think that something is true just because the Bible, uh, or just because it has um, Bible verses or Bible words attached to it. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.